You know, all of your shit comes down on my head. Oh, Frank, look, no, this you is... let me talk. It's like you're a big bird with radar, and I'm tired of getting hit. Is this my fault? This is nothing. I've got union lawyers threatening me, and there's talk of a walkout. Well, let them. They're not teaching anything down there anyway. Then it's your job not to do something about it. Not one of them has a personal stake in that school, Frank. Not one. The fire chief was just here. He says it's illegal to bar those doors. Mrs. Barrett is organizing a parents' group to try to get you removed, since you insulted them at that meeting the other night when you just suggested that they get off welfare. Oh, I didn't mean that. Because the fact is, quite a few of them need it. Look, I wasn't talking to all of them, Frank. Now, look, you came and recruited me, man. You disappoint me, brother. You disappoint me. The disappointment here is you! Me! Yes! Look, you know who I am. You know me 30 years. You knew what I would do. You know how Nigga, I can operate? you keep quiet? The fact is, you're screwing up. You're alienating everybody. Look at you, you have no life. Your wife left you. I ought to walk out on you myself. Well, go ahead, bail hell on out. But I said I would back you up. That's what you said, Frank. That's what you said. Brother, I will go through the fire with you. But you are not taking care of business. This shit you're pulling now, you're just going plain loco. Now you suspend Darnell. What the hell was that? Darnell is symptomatic of the disciplinary problem. He is that a good, strong, young black teacher. So he dumped that desk right on top of your head. Well, right on. Good for him. You will reinstate that man, you hear? And then you fire Mrs. Elliot. Why? Because she didn't want to kiss your ass. Well, I wouldn't either. How about that? Mrs. Elliot has an ego. Yeah, well, you lost the best teacher we had. We couldn't get her back now if we wanted to. I don't have time for Mrs. Elliot's problem. Well, you better make time. We are being crucified by a process that is turning blacks into a permanent underclass here, Frank. A permanent underclass. No, no, see? Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody. Mrs. Elliot's missionary zeal about Mozart has nothing to do with our problem. Nothing. What good is Mozart going to do a bunch of children who can't go out and get a job? Joe, your personal battles are going to cost us the war. Worry about the test scores. What the hell you think I'm worried about? End of discussion! Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology for your treatment of Mrs. Elliott and Darnell and for your vicious and thoughtless insult to the women of this community. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me... Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then goddammit, start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head nigger in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat.
coming to a speaker near you right now. Welcome into the Cinema Night Podcast. I'm Michael Govier. It's this week. It's me and Travis like it's been recently. Shout out to our pal on hiatus. Is that a way to say it, Eric? Our friend? He is yeah. our friend, and, and but he's the friendship's not on hiatus, just the hostship. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Yes, it's just a uh, stepping away as he works on things and just enjoys life free from the Cinema Night Podcast. But that's okay, because we got me and Travis, and we got a special guest popping in. He thought he'd swing over. He watched the movie Lean on Me, which is the movie we're going to focus on on today's show, which I picked. <laughs> That'll be our uh, Does It Hold Up main focus. It's Christian. Christian's been on the show before. For uh, let's see, the last time you were on was when I couldn't be on. So you and Travis did the zombie John flick, John of the Dead. Yeah, that's right, of course. Remake. Yeah, yes. and before that, American Beauty. And thanks for having me again on accident. I used to together, but it worked out nicely. Yeah, I just happened to see what Travis was up to. He said that, and I said, "Oh, okay, no problem." Well, it's a very I rare moment. Looked, uh, HBO Max or Max, whatever they fucking call themselves mm-hmm. this month. Yeah, uh, no HBO. Had it uh, had it streaming, and I thought, well, shit, maybe I'll watch it and try and weasel my way onto the show. <laughs> well, we're glad to have Christian here. It's, yeah, you guys are also in person. It's very rare on the history of this show to have two people in the same room. It's true. It happens, Can't, but it's pretty fucking rare. Super rare. I mean, we're even sharing a mic. Yeah, you guys well, are sharing a mic. That. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are sharing all kinds <laughs> of stuff there. It. There's a, there's they a got all kinds of stuff. We're, we're not we're not putting our face into a phallic symbol right in front of the between a foot of our show. We did we're share not. a root beer float in uh, before this. <laughs> what? <laughs> we did not. We did not oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that that's not true. Well, that's fine that's if we did. Lie. I mean, that sounds delicious. I if I could make my own float at home, I'd probably make a Boston cooler. That's what I'd prefer. Is that the, that's ginger ale or at Verner's? That's Verner's, mm-hmm. right? Burners and vanilla ice cream. Real simple. Why the fuck is it a Boston cooler? Why isn't it called a Detroit cooler? I think they started it with ginger ale, but to me, I prefer Verner's than any oh, other ginger ale, nice possibly. So, of course. Hell, who knows what the what's the history on uh, ginger ale, Travis? You got the background on this? Uh, I don't know the history of ginger ale, but I'm suddenly curious. I'm sure, I'm, I would, I'm sure it had assume, drugs in it once. I would assume that Opiate. it was either a, um, a mixer or... Um, one of those things where like liquor companies segued into making soda during prohibition because they're like, well, we still want to make money. Yes. Money is important. As you can guess. Well, money will play a role in our discussion of lean on me. I'm sure it'll come up during the analysis of that film. Uh, We have no new emails this week. If you want it. Yeah. If you want (laughs) to email the show, cinema nine pod at gmail.com. No emails this week. That's fine. Five-star view, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we still have the YouTube channel. I post videos of the show. Uh, we'll see how this one goes, if it's worth posting or not. But we always have the audio on wow. all standard. Well, I have no idea. Who knows? I mean, we have a, those who can't see us live right now because we're not live. Well, we are live, but we're not live. Like, this mm, is really happening, but we're not. Please don't post this video. <laughs> we're not projected to the world. This is true. So. Uh, let's do a look, uh, quarantine viewing picks. We uh, brought it back. There was people who said they really like it, and they said, don't get rid of it. Uh, we've we've tightened it up, though. You know, Christian's given us some commentary on this as well. They tightened it up a bit. Tighten it up. So we tightened it up. Travis, we'd like to share a movie or two this week. Well, that's easy because I watched two movies this week. That's perfect. Uh, 
I, I revisited Quantum Mania now that that's on Disney Plus, and I'm still happy with it. It you know the special effects maybe were a little less wowsome on the small screen, uh, but I still enjoy that movie. I think it's a fun it's a fun movie. It's a fun. It, it reminds me that we're watching fucking comic books on screen. Like we can't, we shouldn't take them that seriously. This is a quick little side. Hey, they're they're really tiny now. It's a comic book. Uh, so that was fun. And I also checked out the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among <laughs> Thieves, with yeah. uh, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez and Hugh Grant. I, I enjoyed it. It's got high rank. I mean, it's been pretty well reviewed, and there's a good reason why. I mean, it's it's I've been avoiding a lot of uh, uh, fantasy stuff. I keep on like I tried Willow and turned it off. I tried Lord of the Ring or the new Lord of the Rings series and turned it off. Like I've just been like really off of fantasy, but this one struck the right tone of being funny and fun, but also like there's actually high stakes and good action scenes. I hope they make more. I totally liked it. Hmm. You totally liked it. Totally. Okay. Yeah. I got a, I got to strap in on Disney plus and watch quantum mania. And then I'll catch the, uh, guardians three, catch up a little bit on some Marvel stuff here, which I'm behind on a little bit right now. Um, Me too. That's fun, though. yeah, I have a, have you seen all any of that shit? <laughs> all the way behind. All the oh, way behind. That's tragic. Uh, Christian, what about you? You watch anything good lately? Yeah. Um, been keeping up with Succession every week. It's fun to have that show. I can hook oh. in on Sunday nights. You know, that that uh, scheduled viewing is exciting to look forward to. Like, what's going to happen? You don't get that when you can just binge the shit out of things. Um, yeah. And it's it's going well. I love that show. I'm sad to see it go. But you know what? It's going to be good for it. I think it'll leave it on a nice high note. Um, anyway, I won't get too into spoilers on that. What else? Yeah, I I got, I've seen the first three seasons. I got to see season four, which I will watch eventually. I also, yeah. it's along the same lines as Travis's complaints about a show like uh, like Billions, right, Travis? You say, like, I don't give a fuck about rich people, shows about rich people. That's <laughs> one of the much. things we talked about with royalty, the, like the British royalty stuff we've mentioned. The Queen, we did The Queen. That was something you brought up as well, right? I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I never can relate to the the rich, but generally it's not super relatable. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like their problems seem minimal to me when it's like, okay, you, you you got healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) This, I mean, succession is kind of a satire of the, the Fox news organization. I will watch uh, it. I will watch it. And I, I can't wait till you do. And we can talk about it, and I'll have forgotten, and hopefully I can revisit it. I think when uh, we talked, when Guile was on last last week, when he, I didn't realize it was uh, what's his name, the same dude from from Veep. But I'm like, oh, okay, there's probably a lot more. Well, Carol and Adam McKay produced the show. I mean, I didn't know that either. There's probably a lot more comedy oh, and satire than I realized. I thought I was, I always thought it looked really ponderous and like billions and just like it's, dark and brooding. It can be, it can be, but I think. Uh, I think it means to be and and kind of make fun of itself that way because they start Mike have you noticed they use the word yeah a lot more or has that been a trend that I just lost sight of because you're a little further behind uh yeah you don't have you noticed maybe not maybe it's just me yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) that's exactly how it goes yeah 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 a lot of yeah the question yeah like agree with me yeah, I think uh, Greg would do that. I could see cousin Greg doing that a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they all do. I don't know if oh it's like God. a snowballing. Anyway, uh, on to the next uh, HBO Max, whatever the fuck. 
show. Uh, Perry Mason just wrapped up the second second season, I think. Uh, that's a really, oh, really? Good show. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I don't season two is already over now. Well, I thought that show just came out. It seemed like it did. I they're eight episode seasons, so they're they're nice and kind of succinct. They don't they don't stumble around into bullshit. They get right to the point. They keep you interested. It's a great show. It's super noir. It's super well shot and um, stage direction and the production and the costumes. And it's all really fucking cool. Uh, Well acted. Check out Perry Mason. Um, What else did I watch? This Lean on Me, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, And then... um, Poked around. Oh yeah, I watched The Exorcist. It was it was on sure. things like that. I save in my lists when they come back. Like oh yeah, that movie. I'll watch it and I'll say wow. Exorcist. I, uh, wow, Jesus Christ. I can relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, with I think we can. My... Yeah, I'm good. What what have you been watching, dude? Uh, well, I I watched a bunch of. I went on a Siskel and Ebert binge recently. Ebs. So I start. Yeah, I just, I love watching those. I could watch like 40 of those in a row because they're like 22 minutes. They cut all the commercials. It's just the show. And you can get through the best of so many years. And they did the, used to do the best and the worst. So they do the best of 93, the worst of 93. Those were two different shows. And I try to be like, gosh, I don't remember that movie. There's a lot of movies that they recommended that I have not seen. So I've added them all to the list. Some of them are actually going to be part of my list for future selections because they may have been something I saw once. Or something I never saw, which is something I'm willing to do on this show. I'd like to bring up a, sh- a movie that I've never seen and to find out if it holds up today. So That's what Eric's been doing a lot of lately, too. That's true. He has done that. So it's good fodder. The show was good fodder for that. But as far as uh, anything I watched, I watched uh, on Netflix. They have that Tom Hanks movie, uh, A Man Called Otto. Oh, how was it? <laughs> I saw that on a flight the other week. I was telling you about it. Um, I... Man, it's not it is a movie. Uh, Christian, you say you saw it? Yeah, I saw it on a flight the other week. Yeah, it, it is filled it was, it was with one the, of those. I'm, I'm in the seat for four hours. I can waste two because I knew it was going to be one of those. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I said walk, don't run. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little, it's endearing, but in a very trite way. So you're just like watching Tom Hanks not be himself as you. You know, he plays this Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Stranded on Island. Well, Road to Pradesh. But, you know, he's a, he's a total dickhead in this movie, and it's kind of fun to watch him do that, maybe. Yeah. But that's well, about the only saving grace of that entire film. It was super fucking, it was just like smacking you in the face with just every fucking cliche of feel-goodery movie bullshit. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. I'm like, oh, this has got a good start. Yeah, here we go. And then it was just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I disagree. Like, am I, I right? It, uh, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't kind I, of thing. I know, I know what you're saying, but I disagree. I felt it uh, I felt it was a very honest look of, you know, someone in pain and people who bury feelings they have and how people can come into your lives and change things. I didn't think it was done in a cheesy way. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I got to say, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It no, did. You, you, didn't some see, of those, um, you didn't see that Clint Eastwood movie. What the fuck was it called? Grand Torino? Torino or whatever. It's the same yes. fucking concept. Well, everyone's <laughs> making that joke these days. Wait, I, <laughs> Angry I white man. That. And uh, 
Asian, uh, Latina, uh, oh. insert fucking whatever. You so know. you think it's forced? It, it, it kind of was, wasn't it? Did I miss something? Do I need to go back? Well, can a, can a Latina kinda, family um, just live? Can a Latina family be a neighbor? I mean, I didn't think it was forced. No, that's not what I mean, I'm talking, talking about. The, the point of the film was, I've oh. seen it before. Not, yeah. You know. It's not breaking new ground. It's based on the movie, a German film, I think, right? A man called Ove, like O-V-E, and a book originally. So it's a, it's from a book source, and then it was made as a foreign film, and now they made their own version with Tom Hanks. So if you want to see the other ones, I haven't seen them. I haven't read the book. I don't know. but It's kind of like Afterlife, uh, uh, Ricky Gervais on Netflix. Same oh, concept. yeah. You know. Ricky Gervais plays an asshole? Yeah, so <laughs> Fucking fun. I, I like Afterlife. Yeah. I, I thought Afterlife was a good show. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it I was good. That. But he's, you know, he's smarmy Ricky. That's yeah, but like he's smarmy and people are like, you know, there's reasons to live. And he's like, no, there's not. No, there's like no. <laughs> <laughs> I need more in my life. Bleakness. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the trigger warning, I will say. I rarely use the words, the phrase trigger warning, but on the man called Otto, if you have a, you know, there's some trigger stuff in there. Question, it might freak you out if you have some mental health problems. I will say that. I'll leave it there. And then yeah. you're on your own after that, though. Can't help you. It's not my responsibility. Yeah, right. Warning taken. It's just a film, dummy. It's Wait, just, <laughs> you that that'll just add to the just mental a, health. Sorry, man. No, you're a great person. For your health. <laughs> for your health. Uh, that's yeah. I might have watched something else, but that's fine. I just want to share that movie. Check it out. I, just, I want to see, people should see it and then make your own judgments on it. Um, I just okay. wanted to share that. Have Christian get in this long tangent about it and then uh, just wrap it up because we're on a crunch. Sorry. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny is that uh. <laughs> Sorry. You know what's funny is the three of us. You went the longest in this segment, and that's really funny. And that's always going to be the truth forever because this show is going to be posted. So now oh, people yeah. will know that. So. The truth forever. It's like rain. Truth forever. Sorry. Yeah. Well, speaking <laughs> of truth forever, uh, it's time to talk about Lean on Me, supposedly mm. based on a true story. Uh, definitely based on a real man. Uh, Joe Lewis Clark was a real educator. And uh, okay, I'll save that part for it. But anyways, okay. Lean on Me. Yeah, Lean on Me stars Morgan Freeman, uh, Robert Gulliam. Gu- Gilliam? Gilliami? Gilliam? Gilliam? Gilliami? Yeah. Gorlami. 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 Yeah, Robert Gilliam from Benson fame. Yeah, soap, yeah. of course. Benson, yeah, soap is yes. That was the note I made to myself. Is that Benson? <laughs> Michael so Imperioli fun. with no yes! That's his first, yeah. his first role. It's Jordan, who literally walks by a camera and never shows up again. Unless I Dude, something. he was on the stage Weird. with the scumbag kids, and he's yes. right there center yes. stage, up close. He's got the mullet. I'm like, oh, my God, 1989 Imperioli. Look at that mullet. Someone's yelling, who's got the crabs, and he's just like, there. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. year before he gets his foot shot. Hilarious. I was thinking that's exactly what I thought, Christian. I'm like, oh, this is one year before he gets his uh, big scene in Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and Spike Lee, <laughs> working with Spike Lee pretty early too. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Is he? He's in Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. He's in Do the Right Thing. He was in. Okay. Um, she's. That's I it. Think she's got a habit. What's the one? No, Girl Number Six. 
Oh, well, yeah. do the right thing was the same year as Lean On Me. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. I forgot about that. Anyways, yeah, so uh, directed by Mr. John G. Avildsen, also known for The Karate Kid, Rocky, and uh, the score. Rocky he saw. Oh, no, Rocky and Rocky. Oh, right. He did the first Rocky, too? He did, yeah. Yeah. And that's why you got a Lean On Me montage, baby. Oh, wow. And, this is quite a and, montage. <laughs> and that's why Bill Conti is the guy who does the score on this film, who did the Rocky theme song. He wrote that. Bah, 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 bah. So they're back together again on this film. Uh, wow. So <laughs> I need to rewatch it knowing that. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh, so Travis, do you uh, remember seeing this film? You said you saw it once, I think. I I had thought that I had, but I had not. I, I'd never seen this until a couple nights ago. I think oh. I, I think I saw Stand and Deliver so many times that I convinced myself <laughs> that I'd seen this, but I never had. It was all new. To yes. Me. That's great. I always look so hard to get Travis uh, stumped on a film he has not seen. That's that's a big moment. I, I'm going to take take some joy in that and feel I good about it. I usually have to but... think that I've seen a movie to not see it. <laughs> that, yeah, that makes that checks. Okay. Oh, what about you, Christian? Did you ever see Lean on Me back in the day? No, sir. And when you said it last week, um, I'd never heard of it. Oh, really? I, yeah. Somebody said Morgan Freeman. I'm like, wow, Morgan Freeman movie I hadn't seen or heard of? And uh, yeah, late 80s, just not my... Th- not my scene for film, so I never really delved too far in. So no, I had never heard or seen this film. So oh, until okay. this morning, I woke up and had some time to check it out. Nice wow. and fresh brained, ready to go. You know, this is the same year as Glory that Freeman did as well. I mean, what and a big year. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. And also some other fucking movie called Street Smart with Christopher Reeve I never heard of, but Morgan Freeman was nominated for an Academy Award for it. Holy shit. Year, I shit you not that everything I just said was true. Uh, <laughs> it was a very busy year for Morgan. Wow. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah, I had well, no idea. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, Driving Miss Daisy, obviously, but. Right? Nominated for, or maybe I got it backwards. It's probably, you might have it back. It's certainly it, uh... Maybe he was nominated for Driving Miss Daisy and I misread it. Gotta be this is a, This oh, is a Wikipedia late night reading. I can't pretend <laughs> that I'm a biographer of Morgan Freeman's. Are you going to come back on the show next week? So this is going to be your corrections. Uh, it turns uh, out that. Are you looking it up uh, right now, Morgan? Or, uh, uh, I'm looking up uh, the IMDb right. for him. <laughs> Street right. Smart. I'll look it up. You guys. Uh, Street In Street Smart, he plays a character named. Did you look up the character's name on this, Travis? Um, I, I, I read it and it was funny, but I forgot. Yeah, uh, Fast Black. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, okay. That's his character's I, no, I name. Uh, no, never mind. Yeah. Um, there it, it was a nomination on this movie. There was one no, one Oscar yeah. nomination. No. And it was in 1988. It was the year before for Morgan Freeman, Best Supporting Actor. He, yeah. So 1988 Academy Awards, he was nominated for Fast Black and Street Smart. I can't believe it. And he was in Clean and Sober the next year, which I don't remember him in that at all. But the dude, oh, the he dude was? Had, he was really working that. Holy shit. Yeah. Right? Uh, oh, he's... Yeah, I got to tell you, Morgan Freeman, we all know the cliche about Freeman and the narration, and everyone tries to do the Morgan Freeman narration voice. But in this movie, Lean On Me, man, I love angry, fired up Morgan Freeman. I mean, he is just... He's in the zone in this movie. Say what you will about it, but he is so intense in this film, man. I love the intensity. Back up. When did you first see this film? Because oh yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Come on, because you're you're getting all excited about his. But when did you first come across Lena and me? Because 
We've never heard of this. I bet it was on HBO when you were a kid. Yes, probably. Yeah, was it HBO then or was it HBO Go or now? (laughs) No, it was just (laughs) HBO on a cable channel and there was no streaming and the internet was brand new. So it was back in the 90s. Like I said, after school, I'd come home and this is one of those movies that was just always on HBO for a stretch of time. And I must have seen it a dozen times. Easy. But I had not seen it in forever. A movie, it's hard to say this because it doesn't happen very often, but truly a movie that I... I had not seen this film in decades, literal mm-hmm. decades. So I it's great because I don't get the, like, there's always a movie. It's like, oh, I haven't seen that one in 10 years, but for like 20 years or more. Wow. That's cool. So there was, I forgot about the whole intro, like the whole first part of the movie where he's got an Afro. So supposedly he's 20 years younger and <laughs> wearing uh, 60s clothing. And yes. He literally yeah. jumps up the table and sticks his butt in people's face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the kids are so, Okay. So excited. Travis, you're Travis knows something about teaching. I know something about teaching. These kids in that first school he's in before he gets fired, they're so into that class, man. That is just over the top. I don't, I, I get it. He's a good educator. He really gets the kids to buy in. But good God, I mean, running up to the bell like that. I've been competitive in gaming when it comes to being a student in high school, like oh, wanting to get the questions right. But I don't know. It still seemed like it was a bit much. Well, I mean, so. Somewhere between, like, the movie starts and, like, you know, he's, like, kind of got that light touch on his student, like, li- literally lightly touching his students. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. But somewhere, Which he continues throughout the film. Yeah. Somewhere between butt wagging in the face of his peers and uh, Welcome to the Jungle, I realized <laughs> I had approached this movie completely the wrong way because I was prepared for, like, a serious... Like like a serious fucking movie, yeah. and uh, I'm not sure. I, I actually scratched out uh, "Lean on Me" and wrote "exploitation film." <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Was, in my research, I did find that um, the original title of this film was actually "Lean on Melodramatic Performances," um, oh. and I think all the letters fell off after me. Is Ooh, all that wow. happened. Okay, so there was a mistake in the credits. That makes sense. Okay, I can buy that. Well, we haven't had an IMDb score though. You're right. Let's uh, yeah, let's rate this movie. What was the rating on Lean on Me, 1989? Wait, anybody? Well, for me, I I think it's like a solid film, probably, but it's not a mind blower, and I don't know how many people have actually seen it. So I'll say it's like a six four. I remember it being. Like the part of the reason I approached it so seriously because I remember back in the day people being like, "This is a really good film." Um, I distinctly recall that. But over time, yeah, I'm thinking in the sixes. I'm thinking six two. I have no frame of reference, and uh, I'm just gonna throw out a. I'll do six eight. Anyone take six eight? You are six eight. Actual tail price seven point four. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm not laughing sarcastically. That is uh, high. It is high. Yeah, that's high. That's high. And it's a lower amount of ratings. It's 22,000, which is a little smaller, but yeah. uh, it's got the green arrow popularity rising within the top 4,000. It's gone up almost 1,000 movies recently. So something, somehow, mm. some way, it's drawn oh, it's some interest. Streaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> streaming now. And it's- oh, what? Was it on HBO? Yeah, it was on Max. That's how I caught it. And I thought, well, shit. Yeah, surprise. Oh. I wasn't kidding. Yeah, I weaseled my way. I was like, ah, I saw it. I, now I got to talk. Yeah. About it. I'm in Canada. So I was in Canada. I had to figure out a different way to find it. So I didn't you know. You got to get yourself uh, a VPN. 
I know I tried that, but the uh, yeah, you're right. I'll just leave it there. Okay, right. so uh, that's the rating at IMDb, and then as far as the critical response, so we're gonna go back in time. I'm certain we're gonna get some Roger Ebert on this, right? I would think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe some Gene Shalit. Gene. Hey, I'm Gene Shalit now. Okay, bye. So we have a bigger discrepancy. Than per usual, 68 from the critics. 68. That's lower. It's still a fresh tomato, but that's like a D plus. If we're doing the yeah yeah, if we're D doing plus. school, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but you're here, but you're not performing. Tough. 85. Tough. Yeah. 85 yeah. <laughs> percent for the audience, though they love it. No. I mean, <laughs> sure. Uh, this movie's fucking wild, dude. I mean, I cannot say that I would don't. I mean, like. I'm not surprised that people love it. It's it's I've I've not seen a lot of movies like it. <laughs> I mean, I will give it a str- it, it's got a strong opening, you know. Not not maybe not his part, but that Welcome to the Jungle part. Yeah. is just like wow. <laughs> That's all it's, you can say. Look at it's, look at how hard it is for all these light-skinned people. <laughs> That's what's going on in that thing. <laughs> yeah but it's also ridiculous i don't know I, I thought it was okay i'll wait on that let me give you a couple okay, reviews yeah, so yeah I, I was trying to yeah it, it was more like a positive like yeah this this could be exciting but yeah, yeah. we could no i got it I, undertones but you know it's not totally inaccurate either this could be Detroit I got, school. well no it could be any school that was just left to rot they're all over the urban yeah. plights of this entire country. But yeah, you're right about that. But uh, Roger Ebert said way back in the day on this film, and he was in his prime with Gene Siskel. Lean on Me is not a documentary about the real Joe Clark. It is a fiction film about a character who is so troubled, obsessed, and angry that the film is never able to say quite what it thinks of him. After the movie, neither are we. Ebs. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there are, there are definitely times I'm watching the movie. I'm like, how am I supposed to feel about this dude right now? Like, what do you want me to feel right now? Like, he's all over the fucking place. The whole time I thought somebody wrote an R-rated version of this and a PG version of this, <laughs> and they got dropped on the floor and they weren't stapled together and they kind of shuffled it together and oh fuck! And you had kind of like a half and half situation going on because he is kind of like he's super kind and he's super angry and oh it's just it's hard that's that's a that's a pretty good yeah that might have actually happened uh this is probably the least rated film it's definitely in the tie for the least because there's only 19 reviews total only one page so we're really limited here um how about luke thompson from not the new york times just the new times okay Who knows what that is? 2004. This is from 20 years ago. Is a baseball bat the best way to organize a school? In the the movie, sure. Yeah, Yeah. in real life, maybe not. Fucking children into a building. Yeah. Uh, We do Jane Galbraith from Variety. That's a more reputable place, I suppose, for this type of thing. Uh, Avildsen's enthusiastic direction. Gives Lean On Me a heartwarming feel-good tone that is accessible beyond the environs of its subject. I mean, it definitely had a uh, after-school special feel to it. I mean, this was like, <laughs> this was ABC Movie of the Week. 
It's, for it's, sure. I mean, it's literally like... A, with, with some side boob and an F-bomb and some N-words. It's literally an exploitation movie. I mean, it literally, it's... I mean, it's. it, it came. It seems like it came right out of the 70s. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, one more real quick. This is from Kate Young from 30 Flirty Plus Film. 30 Flirty... 30 Flirty and Film. This is from 2021. She's younger. It's newer to her. Okay. Joe Clark's tough love philosophy plays into the pernicious respectability that plagues so many black communities that discipline and assimilation will guarantee safety and success. Oh, it's a very yeah. astute line. I, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she's, she's not crazy about him. Well, I think she's hitting to me. One of the key hearts of this film or the key focal points is this. Hey, cause I thought about this a lot. Cause I, I really appreciate that a guy wants to make the school better. But at the same time, there's, I mean, he gets called a fascist. Joe Clark gets called a fascist yeah. by someone, right? Oh, like, great. Yeah. 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 So, so there is a wow. sense of like a, a, a fascist angle here of like, it's my way. And this is what must be done to make you people better. And if you do this, you will succeed. But there's a lot of propaganda within that too, which goes oh, back yeah. to what this woman said in her review about that discipline and assimilation will guarantee safety and success. That's not true. Exactly. Right. And like shaming people for being on welfare and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, there's also this moment where he freaks out on this, on this, teacher for teaching Mozart and like not the way like she doesn't she's like too curt and she's just like too flippant about it so he loses his shit and fires her over like nothing but then like it turns out that he's actually elevated the black teacher that actually can like help the students and can connect with the students and like it you know so there's, there's this method to Joe's madness but also he's literally abusive towards Sam's he didn't go in doing that, thinking that though, did he? I don't know. Because he just, I think he did. just got pissed. She's gone, and then just by happenstance, because that's how the screenplay went. Uh, you know, this <laughs> no, lady at the piano said, mm. you know, got got through to them. But no, he just he was just being, an, you know, egoist. That, yeah, that's his reaction. His his immediate reaction is freak out, man. <laughs> he there. Okay, so quick. First off, she looks like one of the puppets from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. I can't. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. That teacher, she has the same face as one of them. I can't remember which one it is. But uh, she also puts down her pencil in the very first meeting when Joe Clark comes in. It says pencils up, and he's trying to set the tone with the teachers right away. Yeah, She's the only it. one who. Yeah, and he notices that. So they're setting it up to not so subtly, but you know, kind of subtly. It's not like they shoved it in your face on that shot, but yeah, yeah she's. He knows that she's already like not down with his style and she never comes back either, which is, you know, ever, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Darnell, co Darnell gets to come back, right? He's pissed, but, but yeah. And Darnell literally flips the man's desk over and gives him a reason to fire him and he does it. So at first, yeah. and when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, well, that's not consistent. But now that I'm, you know, then thinking about it more, I'm like, well, okay. What kind of hockey temper reactions are either of these dudes? Like, he gets like half fired, but that, that guy seemed like a good teacher, and so did, frankly, the Mozart well, she did. teacher lady. Yeah, she did. Like, why don't you, Joe, step the fuck in the classroom and see what these this group of forty five are doing so well? Yeah. They're so disciplined that they could learn Mozart <laughs> and go do this thing yearly. Like, what the fuck? What is this That's music it. room and what dimension That's are they point. in off of this graffiti area? Like, <laughs> they have like a back entrance or something where it's like angels going to the cathedral to sing meanwhile out in the gymnasium 
<laughs> you know, it, it's kind of, and that's why I was like kind of getting on the screenplay a little bit. Like they dropped it because, you know, half of it's, you know, super feel good and half of it's really gritty. And where do you meet in the middle? Where am I meeting here? And you've seen it before, Mike. I mean, you've been able to think about it. Lead me well, through. Was, I'm leaning on I saw, you. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, lean <laughs> on me, man. I got you. I'll, I'll abuse you, but I'll get you through. Okay. We'll get done when we need to get done here. And that's all that matters. Who cares who gets destroyed in the way? But <laughs> uh, when, <laughs> wait, wait, is that right? Is that the message? No, I, uh, I was a kid. When I was a kid, I, there's so much about this movie now that I see as an adult that I actually, I like it. I, I like some of it now. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, this movie is, this is a, this is a black movie. You know, like it is. It's a, the characters, the main characters are black. It's about black people. It's 1989. You know, it, it just, in that sense, to me, I'm actually appreciative of it. Like it doesn't really, for me, meander from that too much in terms of it being about, it's really about the black community and how they've been oppressed and, and I see that Hollywood, here. like, well, like really quick cliffs notes, like, and barely that. Well, I mean, they spent the first hour of the film on three days and then they like Rocky fucking montage it through three months. But it wasn't any of the important shit. If you want to like, don't show me hippie Joe or whatever his name is talking to a bunch of white kids who then uh, historically white flight out of there. And by the yeah. 80s, you've got. You know, what Detroit, New Jersey, Boston, Baltimore, any of those city, Cleveland are experiencing. <clears throat> and then it's just like, this is the savior. I, I, I don't know where they're coming at this. It, it, it's kind of like, well, it's a bit flippant he, in a way. He's not a white savior either, though, which I think is in 1989. Oh, no, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a big deal in 1989 to me. Even then, I, it's still a lot of white savior stuff that was to come in the sure. 90s. Yes. Oh, for sure. And you got to respect that it's coming from like, all right. So Morgan Freeman, even at that point in his career, was not the Morgan Freeman we think of today. But the man can emote. The man can really fucking he's a serious dude. And you're going to take what he says seriously as an actor and as a person. But at the same time, we are three white dudes talking about this movie. It, there was three white dudes behind this movie. The writer, director, and producer were all three different white dudes. And I think that that is uh, worth acknowledging. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go. I want to because I want to hit more on that because you're you said it uh, to you. This is a black exploitation film in a way. Well, but I, I, I don't know that it's a black exploitation film, but it's certainly an exploitation film. It's kind of a caricature of the late '80s of that. Um, well, stereotype almost. It's not the principle like with, uh, you know, uh, Jim Belushi or Tom yeah. Berger or what you know, there was substitute. There was like those other movies that came yes. out after this, or I yes. think they came out after this one. I think oh, they did. Yeah. They were yeah. after this. And they were just like, we're just going to fuck people up. And it's a, it's like an action picture. Really. It's walking this is... tall in a high school. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, the, the real Joe Clark, I wanted to bring this up. Did Travis, did you look this up? Did Chris, did you guys, cause I, I wanted to look it up. No, I figured that you, that, you know, you're bringing it. I figured you'd have stuff to say, so I didn't bother. Yeah. So he, what happened in the movie totally didn't happen by the way. Like no, this. Shit. Yeah. The, no, the, they didn't, they didn't let all that graffiti go that long oh i don't oh i don't know about that i'm just saying but like about this like skills test and like how it all was a big victory at the end that is not right. what happened but joe clark really did throw out about 300 kids that did happen i don't know if it happened wow. like it did all they all came up on stage and said you're out day one but 
He and he did carry a baseball bat around. That is true too. Really? That that is an actual truth. I don't know how often he did it. I don't know how often he did it, but he did do that. Yeah. So those are two facts I can guarantee. And then the other one. What about the fire hazard? Yeah, that's the one I couldn't confirm. Um, I feel like that was also created to get him in jail and then create this Uh, big ending. So it's I'm not. Yeah, but the other thing I do know is true is that the dropout rate at Eastside High, it really was Eastside High, by the way. It's a real school that he t- was at. It went up from 13% to 21% during his tenure. He really dropped out. Yeah, more and more people dropped out. So, I, so I'm just, just the saying. people were there, and it, yeah, even yeah. itself out in the ratio. It just, nice. yeah, like people were pissed about his way. Like the, the man he is, I really feel like Morgan Freeman got to know because he was called Crazy Joe Clark, and he might have been a... I don't have any video of him that I've seen him going around being, ah, but I got a feeling that Morgan Freeman took a cue from him. Did, anyone, did you guys catch the school has 300 fucking teachers? I know, dude, that was mine. I'm like, dude, I've never been in a school that big ever. That's insane. How many fucking students are there then? I, I like 300 <laughs> teachers. The only time they mentioned a number of students was the remainder after the 300 got kicked out that there were still 2,700, but 300 teachers, 2,700 students. That's not, that's not a, that's not a, doesn't make sense. <laughs> nine do. students, nine students per class. <laughs> like I said, they dropped the screenplays on the floor and they got mixed up. You got two different, <laughs> two different yeah. sides going on. No, I, but I, okay. So some of this stuff is true. Some of it's not, but like, um, I, I love, I Why really was. In, oh, it was the late '80s. You can't get them in jail for touching women. <laughs> that are no, 80s. yeah, no, yeah. There's that's just you could remake right. that, that nowadays and just have him like brush her shoulder and like he's in jail and then the movie's over. What do you love, Mike? Instead of <laughs> the movie's over, uh, I really loved his. I thought Morgan Freeman was incredible in this film. I say what you will about it. I don't know if I loved it or not in terms of the movie, but I. I just thought this was a powerhouse performance. I mean, he he had my attention. I really was like on bended knee waiting to hear what he would say next. I, I was really revered. Like you talk about how he abused the kid Sam's, took him up to the rooftop. Oh yeah. And like, hey, go ahead, jump, kill yourself, Sam's. Essentially, that's what he did. He says you he literally told him to kill himself. Yeah. Humiliates him in front of the whole school about it, calls him slovenly and points out how he looks. Yep. Talks about yeah, his weight. Oh, it's horrendous. He he absolutely yeah. does that. But in that scene in particular, I thought it was a pretty powerful scene. Like before anything else happens, when they're <laughs> up on that rooftop and he's talking, you smoke crack, don't you? Well, don't you? And he's like really in his face about it and trying to get him to look at him in the eyes. And that actually, he wasn't with anyone else. That was a private moment between the two of them. And I thought he was really trying to, in the way he shows after this, the discussion or the yelling, the really the, the rage he showed to Sam's in that scene is, you know, he's really like, Oh God, this sucks. I don't want to be like this, but I guess I am. And Morgan Freeman emoted that so well. I just thought he was incredible. I thought this was an Oscar worthy performance. I really did. I think it's definitely like, it's one of those situations where they're presenting, you know, you, you can question the methods, but you can't question the results kind of thing. It's like, well, uh, I'm sure people said the same thing about Mussolini. (laughs) <laughs> but I do I, I feel like this definitely comes across as a uh, performance that is coming from an actor who has been in the background for a long time and is finally given been given like a starring role because while this was a busy year for him, it was the only performance of the year that he was the star of the show. 
like he was the he was the lead and i'm pretty sure it was the first time he was a lead at all and it, the movie comes across like he was pretty much giving carte blanche like hey go fucking ape shit do what you want like you know like be as big and as loud and over the top as you want and he was like well i will (laughs) (laughs) yeah he he was uh not the you're right he wasn't the lead in glory but he was like an intense sergeant in the army but you're right he wasn't the character but not the lead you're right Uh, but uh, i'm just saying uh a little bit more dignified, but he got fired up when he needed to. And but you're right. There, this everything you said, I agree with. Yeah, right. Zemeckis. Oh no, Zwick is a different director, of course. And Avildsen. It really doesn't roll off at all. Avildsen. Avildsen. John G. Avildsen. It sounds like someone's I'm... making up a name as they're going along. It sounds like they're literally <laughs> like, "What's your last name?" Uh, Avildsen. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah but i yeah <laughs> <show's over. laughs> oh, Costanza my way out right, yeah. go on on top what about you christian did you think it was a powerful performance or did you think it was over the top ah uh, compared to the rest it was better than them <laughs> um I mean, he's powerful in in his voice, what he's saying. It isn't delivered poorly by Morgan. It's delivered poorly by everyone around him, I think. And it's cheesy in spots. You know, like when uh, him and his buddy are in that courtroom or whatever, screaming at each other, and then, like, the one hops over on his ass cheek over the bar. (laughs) He's like, all right, so we're going to get dinner or what? I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be there for... But it, it just takes you out of the moment. It wasn't del- that guy kind of sucked. It's got that, like <laughs> I said, no. it's got that eighties hokey feel to me. And I don't know if that's because it's looking back. What about but it's just it, it's got oh, the whole. What's funny is I thought the whole the whole time I'm like Jesus Christ, this feels like a Rocky film. And then I look at the dude at the end. I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking god, it's a Rocky director. Because it's got that montage in the middle, like I said, that covers like three months and 30 seconds, but they focused on like three days really intensely for some reason, kind of set everything up. I don't know. Just a poorly done screenplay, if you ask me. And and Morgan did what he could with it, Um, delivered his lines well. They got a bunch of nobodies, as far as I know, other than um, Imperioli was the only one to. And what's that one lady on the steps at the end? She was on the wire, maybe. Or one of those kind of shows. Oh no, no, it's a uh, Esopatha Murkison, right? Um, no, that's no, that's not her. God, damn, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I feel I like an asshole right now. Something. It's not Esopatha Murkison. It's the woman from Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, Do you remember that show? Absolutely Shit. right. It is her. Why would I? That is her. Wired? Yeah, uh, Esopatha Murkison. Oh, yeah, Esopatha Murkison is from uh, Law and Order. Sorry about that. Oh, okay. That was my fault. But you got Lynn Thigpen as the VP, as a vice, as a vice principal. I thought she did a good job, and I, and I thought Benson did okay. Um, <laughs> but okay, uh, quick update here. I just wanted to share this with you two here. Wait a minute, is that her name? Uh, wait, wait. I thought Beverly Todd is the assistant, Miss Levias. Oh, was I mistaken? I thought that her, that was Lynn Thigpen. Who did she play? Uh, Lynn Thigpen played. Uh, she's uh, the where in the world is Carmen San Diego lady? That's her. So. Oh, is yeah. that her name? Oh, yeah, okay. she's the I, one. I, I, so, I, I, I try to stay away from IMDb, and it was the only name I recognized, and I, then I recognized the VP, so I 
put two and two together, but we're ten. incorrect that, in that equation. And now that you've said it three times, I remember that name from where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Well, it's a, it's, yeah, there's a reason why the name sticks out in my fucking... It's Pigpen. Your name's Pigpen. Change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Be- Beverly Todd plays uh, the Miss Levios who gets pushed over a lot. She finally pushes back after three quarters of the film. She's had enough. And then it's a heartwarming moment because Joe yeah. Clark realizes a good friend. This is the second good friend to have a talking... I mean, how many times does Joe Clark have to have a good friend give him a talking to about being just reasonable but i want or you guys to know we find out halfway through the film has left him and we're like well yeah duh. yeah oh, oh okay <laughs> right. Wait. why don't we get dude give me, give me the father story on this one instead of the wife <laughs> dude i gotta say man uh robert gilliam when he dresses down joe clark when he comes into that courthouse just the two oh, of them i love that scene when he says yeah, he's the guy, yeah. he's in charge. He gives yeah. Joe Clark shit. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" That was yeah. it. Was just, and then he's like, "Let's go get something to eat." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll backtrack on that a touch. That I'll give you that yeah, one. That, that was a good. That was a good scene. That's like if they're friends. Yeah. All right, you get shit. You got to take it. Let's go get something to eat. But you're so Joe big on discipline. Listen to me. That's a great point. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and by the way, that was the real superintendent's name, Doctor Napier. That's a real name. And so was Rosenberg, oddly enough, that lawyer. That was his real name. I don't know. It's the, weird which came- the racist lawyer who's also like on their side. <laughs> yeah, like he made, Yeah, he's like that terrible. Like I thought you people like to be in chains. Like what do you, dude? What I didn't the like fuck? Chains. Yeah, like what do you mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy. He's Jew, so like it's. He thought it was cool. I don't know. I, I, that was really it. odd. Very. Yeah. That was a very dated like attempt. To whatever that guy was trying to do. It didn't work. Yeah. But, Just what? that. Was it dating? Joe, Joe Clark was out promoting this film. This is a fact. He was out promoting Lean on Me. And for a school assembly, somebody hired some strippers at Eastside High School for a school assembly while he was gone. And he got suspended because of that. That this is real. These dancers were ripped down to their G strings on stage at Eastside High while he oh was out God. promoting Leon on me and got <laughs> suspended. And that's basically oh. how his tenure ended. For wow. real. So, you know, that doesn't really work for this movie. Ah, uh, sorry, Joe, you're fired. You, you got strippers into the building. For promoting the movie about yourself and what a success you are. <laughs> <laughs> when you were not even nearly as successful in real life as the movie purports you to be, so. Yeah, the, again, like, yeah. This, like as soon as the movie starts with, a, this is a real story. I'm like, yeah, so mm-hmm. is fucking Dragnet. <laughs> 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 yeah, and they, they act some yeah, and then you had to wait till LA Confidential came out to find out about the uh, Christmas Night Massacre, so <laughs> which was a real thing. Indeed. Uh, yeah. But like this when you know that and then you watch if you learn more facts like that, you kind of feel like, boy, it's a bit of a Joe Clark vanity project maybe, uh, ego is kind of out of control maybe here. I mean, he's obviously an, he was truly a diverse or a, a divisive, intense character. People were pissed. In fact, you look at Ling Thigpen's performance. She, maybe she had, you know, she wasn't like totally off her rocker, but Dude, going yeah. back. Fire hazard. Yeah. And, and the way he just kicked kids out. Like this was one of the true life yeah. criticisms about Joe Clark is that, if these had been white kids that he kicked out, would people have allowed it? I read an article about this before we went on the show, like because they were poor black kids who were quote unquote hoodlums and he threw them out. People didn't make as big as fuss or like it, it was allowed to happen. It was a really interesting debate about that. 
Well, what did, didn't he get grabbed from a better, like another school? And like, show me that movie. How was he there? Well, was he always that. like that? We see it. We well, see he's it. like exuberant in before, but like there's that middle part where well, they just pick up. Well, they, we see him at the school that uh, uh, Ben Gilliam, whatever the fuck his name is, Benson. I'm just going to keep calling him. Benson. Yeah, Dr. Napier. Uh, when Dr. Napier and the school lawyer go to get him at the elementary school or whatever mm-hmm. it is, that he's like a principal. So it, yeah, he, yeah. he comes across as. Like, no, he's just very tame then. Yeah, because well, it's, it's late stage Joe Clark. He's uh, not tame yeah. though, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like when he first got to that school, he was screaming at those six year olds and throwing them against the walls. <laughs> <throwing them together. laughs> oh, another in line. So and he's now he, he, three months in. With this well, how the fuck did he leave such a cush job? What's he doing going back to the the nitty? Well, did you he watch his speech? Get the off the walls and get the plants back. He had a paint. He had a paint. <laughs> did you listen to his speech when he first got uh, dressed down by? Uh, uh, Thigpen, whatever her name was in the movie, Mrs. Barrett. So he said, God said, if he didn't do this, he wouldn't be able to live with himself or whatever. Who knows if that was true? And he yeah, definitely, she calls him out on that scene, by the way, when he's at that meeting yeah. saying that he's doing a, he's basically exploiting the nature of giving a sermon in church. And oh. she's like, this isn't church, Mr. Clark. And she's right. It wasn't church, but he, he took advantage of that. And he did. And there's so many shots throughout the film that kind of, he's kind of a preacher up there and the way they'd shoot his arms up in the air. There was a lot of him putting his arms up. But in that specific scene, to me, it felt manipulative. It felt like he was like, he fell into this because he doesn't do that with his students. He never adopts this religious kind of authoritative tone. He does it with the adults to try and like get them to fall into line. Right. <laughs> Let me, I'll show you this here. This is real. You see this? That's real. That's the real time yeah, article. The answer. We're looking at a uh, Time Magazine cover. Um, From 88. He's got a nice wallet chain and a really nice suit. School principal Joe Clark says yes, and critics are up in arms. He's holding a baseball bat. And he's holding bat. a baseball bat in front of a bunch of lockers. So this is, that's real. Just saying. That's a, that's a factual cover. Anybody can Google that. The, the crime rate in the 80s and the graffiti rate in the 80s were both really over the top. So like, Especially res- in Jersey and New York. Yeah, so like having strong responses to that does make sense. At the same time, this movie, it does feel pretty conservative in its approach to these kinds of things to me. Well, okay, he's a real guy who had really intense policies. It's very clear. That's, that's true. But it's written, produced, and directed, like you said, by three white guys. So... Where is the line or the reality here? Because this is, to me, at least, I see this movie as about, about a, a divisiveness within the black community about, yes, all this terrible shit has been done to us for hundreds of years, and we've tried to come out of this slavery. I mean, we're, we were subjugated and put behind in this country, but what's the best way forward? And, you know, I felt that there was this, this div- it could have been more, analyzed possibly or uh dove into in this film and it really wasn't it was kind of like hinted about that other people had opinions about hey well we should just try to do the best we can and you know joe clark doesn't take no shit and he's like kids this is the best way forward follow the law listen to the law blah 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 and it feels like we didn't get enough of that yeah they whitewashed all the hate from 1967 to 1987 and by not showing you, and you just you go from happy go lucky, super into it, white people. <laughs> I know the answer, uh, hippie black guy, teacher with the afro. And then eighty seven, the place is like the whole school is covered in graffiti, literally from floor to ceiling, 
covered in graffiti, all fucking minorities for the most part. He says at one point, poor white trash, but I think you see like three white kids through the whole fucking White kids stand up. Yeah. These are my white children. These are my white (laughs) children. Yeah. And it's just, it's so over the top that like, they don't show you how that got to that point. They're just like, well, here we are. Um, and Joe's the black man that can do it. You know, it, it, it is, it's just like, I don't know. I think watching it now, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this is, I'm surprised it's getting an uptick. <laughs> if I'm honest in the critic, uh, the audience ratings. Well, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. You, you've, you've made some points clear. And we, we talked about the beginning of seeing the scene in the eighties with the welcome to the jungle intro and the woman gets her shirt ripped off. She's topless yeah. in a fucking hallway, which is just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> like seven years of bad things that happen in a school combined into like that two minutes right long. The, the vice principal has some dude hitting on her while she's trying yeah. to like protect the woman and and sam's gets <laughs> thrown into a locker who is not light-skinned for the record to, in reference to my my comment at the start of this go ahead yes well c- you know can you say that again can you clarify that because i i forgot well, I, mean, I, I, I made the comment at the start of the at the episode that like Everyone in that sequence who's under attack, they're all light-skinned individuals. And they are, except oh, for Sam, yeah. who, who's thrown into a locker. And they get no that's, funny, yeah. that's a great point. Also, I want to give credit to the – I thought that was a a nice kind of intro. They they took their time on that with the written and directed and then the credits there pulling away from Sam's in the locker. Like they, That was like 45 seconds almost of just yeah. slowly pulling back. And, I thought that was and, cool. I want to give no, a little credit there. Welcome to the jungle in that year. That would have been an expensive get. Yeah, that huge. was brand new. huge. I mean, they were worldwide super studs at that point. Yeah, that was a huge single. Yeah, so they basically blew their load on that and lean on me and had no money left in the soundtrack. <laughs> they blew the load on the song and then like skimped out. Yeah, did you say the writers? Well, I. What's what's okay? What's so bad about the writing here? I, I say that they didn't dive deeper into the 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 challenge of being a black person in this country and trying to find your way when it's easy to follow a path, but when that path is already damaged and you get put out into the streets, if you're not doing so well in school or you're seen as someone who's a lost cause, a drug dealer, you get thrown off and like the, even, but it wasn't just the black guys. I will say there was this, uh, there was a Hispanic representation here in this film. Like the, the guy. Yeah. The mullet, <laughs> the mullet. Yeah. Thank the you. Mullet in the suit. Okay? <laughs> mullet in the suit. Yeah, he's like, oh, you look good. You're a suit. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you'll be dead in a year, son. You'll be dead in a year. I I thought that was it. I liked that scene. I didn't didn't see it as melodrama so much. I really didn't. I'm getting the vibe over there. I know what you're saying, Christian. I'm not so Uh, sure if Travis has down a hill and watched it grow into this fucking avalanche. It's like. Do you see it as melodrama, Travis? Um, It's so spastic. (laughs) So to to me, um, I, I. well, that's kind of what I mean when I say that I, it to me feels like an exploitation film and that a lot of it does feel um, melodramatic, but only in the sense that like we're getting such broad strokes of almost everyone. We don't really get a lot of like Joe Clark. We're almost we're we're so removed from him. Yeah. We get no moments alone with him. We don't really get his motivations. We're just like distantly observing him the whole time and trying to judge him as he goes from moments that are seemingly preposterous <laughs> and alarming and concerning and like this man belongs in jail to being like 
oh, I'm, I'm moved by the fact that all these <laughs> students want him out of jail. Exactly um, right. So it's, it's the tone is frankly all fucking over the place. But I don't know how much of that is the writing and how much of that is Avildenson. <laughs> or the performance. Joker. I mean, it's almost like, like I said, he's shot two films here. Like I, angry I Freeman think- and like motivational Freeman. It's bizarre. Well, that's why I think it's an incredible performance. But you're also right. I think you're you're actually you're kind of right, Christian. Yeah, there is, it's it's a it's a dichotomy of a person where we get no modifiers or clarifications on his mm-hmm. motivations, other than it's just this is the way it has to be done. And he, he, they <laughs> yeah. try to set it up in that opening scene beyond just being a happy-go-lucky fun place where he plants that dollar. I mean, he is a very pro union uh yeah. workers rights i mean you get that vibe from it right away which i'm like oh, okay cool i like this vibe but then the like, the nails. Yep. yeah and he plasters that dollar bill on the people who sell them out and by the yeah. way can a can a union agree to transfer a individual out of a school as part of a negotiation i was like I mean, is that possible in the 60s yeah. probably I, yeah maybe i the right amount of money because like the whole thing came around to like politics and and education uh you know people yeah, in charge yeah, who knows there right. was that big like hokey scene in the bathroom where they're like well that you know they, they kind of like it was just straight up exposition and the dude's in there with his fucking briefcase not trying not to move he's taking a piss or a shit <laughs> and he's like, oh i'm good and i heard it he never comes back to like rat anyone out it's just it's so yeah, yeah he does he went does and t- he? yeah the next oh, scene he? he goes and tells oh, me he goes and tells yeah, I'm laughing so goddamn hard I missed that. <laughs> like, what else do we know the mayor from? Oh, what yeah. Yeah. He kind of looked like a, a, a Mr. Furley type for some reason. But, yeah, he's right? from some TV show or something. You're right. I'm going to look that up because I do want to know that, the answer. I love that he know like, he like he immediately think he knows who uh, ben, who ben, who fucking Benton, is thinking of. And he's like, not him. Not Crazy yep. Joe. But it's like, how the, like, you're the mayor. How the fuck do you know teachers? Like I don't, I don't believe this. <laughs> at yeah. all. Okay, that's a that's an indictment of the script. Yes, that's an indictment of the script that like, yes, we get thrown in. No Sorry, he's from see no evil, hear no evil. That's one hundred percent what I know. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, he, then we get thrown into this mayor's office, and that like, oh, oh, that's random. Is that true? That's a bloop all day long. By the way. Uh, here, a true to life moment was when the fire chief called the kids savages in the school. That's totally real. That might have been the most real thing in this film, by the way, that would have happened. Uh, but also, uh, that we get thrown into like the mayor's office really quickly after the 60s montage. Okay, now we get the welcome to the jungle intro. And now we're in the mayor's office and there's a problem. And like, we, we don't get a lot of, uh, I don't need, we know that we don't need shit spoon fed to us, but like, it just doesn't. It doesn't really flow that well, and it's like, right. oh, we got a problem, we got to fix, and this is like a small town. This is not that big. They make it seem like this is a bigger town too, by the way, than I think it is. Well, that too, and then and that's what I'm saying earlier that they kind of like they elongate three days after you know they they do a twenty year cut. Uh, they elongate three days into an hour and a half, then they take. 60 days and smash it into a minute and a half montage and then they go out on what a day or two it's a bizarre timeline for a two-hour film kind of you know as far as the story goes what like what would what would be important it's trying to cover so much which is hard with biography 
Um, they're trying to show how he like connects with the trouble kids and Sam's. They're trying to show how he uh, connects with the the home life of some students and like you know bridging that gap and being like a father figure. They're trying to show the you know they're trying to show his tensions with the mayor and with the school board and with so and so. There's like a <laughs> lot of embattled individual. <laughs> yeah, and, and basically what you have is like two hours of Morgan Freeman strutting around pointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's it's, yeah. it's it's compelling to watch. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's funny. He was in Glory the same year. The mayor. He plays a uh, governor. Thanks John. for listening to the podcast. Well, he was trying oh, to thought, make a point. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought you said see no evil, hear no evil. I didn't hear that. Well, I did, and then I followed up. You guys were talking though. I think. Oh, it might have got cut out. Fuck. Anyways, uh, no, long kiss, good night. He was in. Oh, yeah. Who did he play in Glory though? He played the the mayor, uh, the governor of Massachusetts, uh, oh, Antietam. Yeah, a terror, a great and terrible day. That's basically all he says. Yes. After yeah, uh, Shaw comes back from his initial Antietam to start yeah. the film, I believe. But definitely, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. That's what I was groping for. Yeah, I, I don't remember for that, but I, he was clearly in it. I agree. But yeah, he's um, like the main yeah, cop that's chasing them. He's groping like Morgan Freeman's character, Joe. By the way, uh, I just thought it was silly that the janitor was called Reverend Slappy. And covered in so much fucking chili stains. Like, dude. <laughs> I thought I literally thought at one point he was gonna like dress him down quite literally, but like no one was with these chili stains on your shirt. <laughs> You're in charge now, General Slappy. Yeah. I can't how are you gonna get the graffiti off the wall if you can't get the stains off your shirt? Actually, that's a category award worthy is Morgan Freeman <laughs> keeping a straight face while he says Reverend Slappy no, in Reverend. a deadpan angry voice. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, dude, we haven't mentioned Tony Todd. Oh, yeah, Tony right? Todd. That's Tony right. Tony Todd is looming silently. Speaks yeah. twice, I think. He is an excellent security. I mean, he he just does what Joe tells him. He's a very good boy, good man. Good job, buddy. Keep it up. And he multiplies to like seventeen by the end, aren't there on stage? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Something. There's like, like 17 security guards like dragging people around. It was like it's the stupidest way to like that would turn into a riot. If those are the right? worst kids oh, in the school yeah. who are pissed oh, and they yeah. got knives and shit, we find out afterwards that yes. would. Oh, and they're lucky. 100. Guns. There was a gun exchange yes. in the in the fucking lunchroom in the cage lunchroom. That's he's all That's pissed. Right. Yeah. No, we take those cages down. You can treat them like animals. They're gonna act like animals. It's, it's <laughs> like he's really about nobody figured this out in 20 fucking years. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and Sam's 100% tells him to suck his dick in that moment, look right to his face. He does. So, no wonder he remembers him. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? It's amazing that uh, he, you know, he he felt bad for Sam's. By the way, uh, the kid who plays Sam's was in uh, a couple other movies in the 90s. I think one of oh, them yeah? was Juice. I think it was Juice. Oh, and so I kept, I kept screwing up his character in Juice with this character because he's like this. He's still the fat. You know, huskier, chubby kid who's kind of like made fun of by everybody else in the group, and yeah. uh, something different happens to him in this movie from that one. And I kept waiting for it to happen; it didn't, so that's my fault because I just mixed up characters. But uh, he makes it through; he stays through. I guess he's—I actually thought he was on crack though when he was saying the hoochie coochie thing. It's out, it made it look like yeah. he was high. I he thought he was going to get busted there by the bathroom, but I guess he didn't. I mean, so. you, you know, it's it's he's only like fourteen. There's a lot to mask. There's a lot of there's <laughs> actually a lot of them just getting shit together in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and they broke. I mean, it's cool that the they broke out of the song, but that was just 
That was funny. It was kind of. Did anyone laugh when they saw that scene in the bathroom? I called, bathroom? I called that scene as soon as he screwed up and the guy elbowed him. I'm like, oh, they're gonna be like a barbershop quartet, yep. and wouldn't you know it? Oh. <laughs> right? And that that scene felt really written by a white guy. Really for. <laughs> But the scene before it fell for us too. Like all these seniors duck into the bathroom real quick. Hey guys, where'd you go? And then the, oh, oh, Joe's out here. What are you doing on the hallway? Sick. Yeah, I, uh, there's so, this. It's sitcom-y, and that's why I say it kind of. It was like a you know ABC movie of the so week. It's a little feel after the school, with after a, school especially. Yeah. yeah, with some swear words in it. You know, and they had to like punch it up and throw it in the theaters. Yeah, you get the one fuck of the movie. Did you guys catch the one fuck? One fuck, side boobs, and a bunch of n words. Uh, what was the one fuck? I missed it. Uh, it was Joe yelling at somebody about you fuck it up, or I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> He's partially correct. Uh, yes, it it is Joe Clark yelling at Sam's on the rooftop. He says something like, "Yes, like, then fucking do it or something." I don't, you know. Yep. Fucking so yourself. The the one f word they use on when that that moment when he tells the child to take his own life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Fun. Yeah. That is correct. That is not inaccurate. So. Is there anything we left out here? Um, you know, I feel like uh, I, I will reiterate that I felt something um, when the students are all like come to come to get him. You know, there's a lot of like goofiness in this movie that I'm starting like laughing at the movie. But I was I, I felt something. And also um, stay black and die is a pretty great fucking line. Yes. Yeah, I wrote that down. I'm going to get that as a drop for sure for is it safe? Because uh, I'm like, I just want to play that because I'll great. do nothing but stay black and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that delivery is golden. It is. Yeah. That, again, for me, that's what just like keeps the movie entertaining for me, really, is whether you – it's not so much me agreeing with his policies. I'm just going yeah. on this adventure with Joe Clark for the most part and all these ancillary characters that he runs into along the way that really do have a lot to do with making the school more of what it was. I mean – Miss Levias was right. He, I mean, he gets dressed down this movie by several people and with good reason because this is really also about leadership. I did want to mention this because we didn't really talk about this aspect as much, uh, like how you lead or work with people to get a collective job done or a yeah. project done or or to. I mean, you, you know, we're. I was a teacher once. You're still a teacher. I. You work together with everybody to, you know, improve a curriculum and professional development. All this stuff. It's not just done by one person. Oh, for sure. And at the same time, like, I was ready to sit down and watch this movie and feel bad about my teaching style. Because I'm like, this is, this is going to be a real educator. And then, like, uh, I'm like, well, I, maybe I don't yell that much compared to this movie. <laughs> yeah, but he went from, like, being kind of um, exceptional and exciting to just angry, right? Like, yeah. the beginning, he's an inspirational kind of tone and he it, he wants to teach him but for a different reason a big smile on his face and then the rest of the movie he's just this angry asshole and we don't get why just because he got you know booted out because of some funding issue i mean that, that kind of happened it comes off his ego yeah so yeah. he has this chip on his shoulder when he goes back to the school because like i said we we don't get much of the in-between how he spent, you know, whatever, early ermying six-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, to me, it goes to the point of 
the myth of America really, which is like, you know, one person makes it happen. You know, I did it all yeah. by myself. I yeah. made, you know, the yeah. Bill Gates made it happen. Jeff Bezos, all these people, they did it all by themselves. It's just the biggest lie that was ever yep. told. Individualistic bullshit. You're 100% right. Yep. So that that's really what I just thought about when I saw that. And, and maybe he recognized that maybe that was Joe Clark's way of recognizing it when he would say, or just shut up, not say nothing, or just actually say thank you to that secret friend. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, anything else? I mean, uh, there's no. not much of a score here either. That I mean, Bill Conti wrote a score. <laughs> was there a score here? I don't, I, yeah. I didn't hardly hear it. Most of the music was, uh, like bands and stuff, you know. Yeah, it was like it was like pop music, right? Yeah, so I, you're right. I don't know where Bill Conti played into it here, but whatever. maybe he uh, conducted the uh, the, Welcome the school to the jungle. The, well, like the school fight song. Oh yeah, probably <laughs> the barbershop quartet in the bathroom. <laughs> he was. By the way, Joe Joe Clark was so happy after that when he comes back into the office, but then he immediately gets pissed when he, he sees the test scores. He just for like thirty three percent. You got me on this for thirty three percent. You should have worked harder, dummy, because that was literally fucking sixty days. You blew. <laughs> By the way, who was the most ineffectual person in this film? Was it the uh, the big, tall other yes. assistant vice principal, yeah. Mister uh, Malley O'Malley, or the one that comes in at one point? It's like I, I can wait. Or, that dude. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The, the one who he just like completely humiliates in front of everybody, in front of all like this guy for coming in late. Fuck this guy. <laughs> this guy's why the whole school's failing. <laughs> just, yes, I respect you. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. So that's the guy. Working. I, I looked up at the clock. Holy shit, that's happened. He tells him to <laughs> stop talking and sit down. <laughs> Better than picking yeah. up a yeah. piece of paper. Jesus. You can make up for it by starting a peer tutoring program okay sorry oh man the guy's attitude was shit so i wouldn't have respected him either you know no, i'm surprised no. i'm surprised that the kids respected him at all because he's just that hard oh that's bullshit like, oh, man see yourself, dude i don't think we talked about this enough frankly i think it's, this <laughs> the last thing we should talk about is the yeah. the student buy-in to his ways yes he shows like a lot of individual kindnesses a lot during the movie actually like they're just real yeah, brief yeah like, yeah but, but they all fuck up. Like the one gets pregnant. Where you oh. go? Not that he well, gave. I mean, it, but, oh, that's a fuck up. I mean, it just it happens. Yeah, you know? It's sixteen. Oh. It's kind of a fuck up or whatever. Well, it's disappointing. But like, Judging that's not so much what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about like how they, by the end of the movie, it, the, yeah, it feels like it's different? maybe it's forced that the students are like that they would show up for supporting him. And I did like that scene too. I I did find it to be a bit moving as well, Travis. But how they get there through his methods. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they think know. he's a dick. They think he's a fucking dick. But like yeah. the, that scene when he, when he starts off in the auditorium and like, it's all chaos. And by the end of it, it's dead silent. Like they're, they all res- came to respect him in that five minutes, I guess. After kicking That's all it, the, that, that easy, all the hoodlums off the, the actual stage. Right. Yeah. They have a good uh, showdown with a, a in a knife fight with no knife. You just there, use a bullhorn, isn't right? There, isn't there a teacher that is literally selling drugs? That yeah. dude, that dude that comes in like in the, his, yeah, lets him in the door, right? Yeah, he comes like in a full on suit. And he's much older, and he like they, <laughs> he buys like a sack of fucking pills and then lets the dude in <laughs> and goes to man. work. Never <laughs> uh, seen I, the guy I, again. What the fuck's going on know. there? Was the I I thought okay that was Walter bizarre. White I didn't think it was a too. teacher. I just thought it was a. 
I thought it was a, a businessman. I thought it was a yeah, but like a suit wearing drug dealer with a suitcase full of drugs that he sells to the the middleman. No, he that's is the, the white guys. That's the late '80s white guy version of like a drug dealer, a successful drug dealer is a black guy in a suit, and then just gets let into the. They're fucking. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, Having that, that taken dumb. a bunch of classes that study like the entirety of the the '60s, the '70s, the '80s into Detroit into what we have today. This movie is fucking ludicrous, dude. In its entirety. Its screenplay is fucking dumb. It's got a great little message, but like I said, you just swap out the minority and you've got a fucking feel-good story here. Uh, that it took place in a, you know, a, by a, I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of Blindside without Sandra Bullock, you know? Like huh. this, the savior, but he happened to be black, which is actually pretty woke for the late '80s. I will give him that, but I'm I'm very confused looking at it now, like how they approached the rest of it. That's what's problematic to me. Morgan Freeman's character isn't so bad to me as like everything happening around him, and uh, his reaction to a lot of stuff is also problematic. But it, it's just it's preposterous is the only word I can come up with. A lot of it, you know. Ponderous, man, fucking ponderous, ponderous. But it, it, like I said, it's like um, it's like a concentration of all the fucking worst stereotypes you can get in a school, in a minority, in a race, in a fucking gender, and you smash it into two hours, and you have a guy yell at it, and that's what you got here, and a terrible song that I fucking hate. So it holds up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you're saying it holds up? Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, are, are we not there? Do we have yeah, we're there. Discuss? No, yeah, go ahead. Say the words. Go ahead. Come on, say the words. I don't want to tip my hand. Why don't you guys lead no, me no, through you've it? You've pretty but, much made your point. Let's but no, I mean, what I just said, this wouldn't hold up today. If you made this, they would laugh you right out of a theater. They'd, they'd be like, like I said, it's it's like the blind side with, a, with not Sandra Bullock. And blind side was... Ugh, cringe, dude. I don't. I the think best. it got way more praise than it ever should. I don't know why people aren't giving them shit today. Because if we're canceling all these people today for fucking bullshit, why don't we turn back just ten years to the Blind Side, which is an insanely fucking like white savior film? It's insane, and this kind of has that kind of feeling. But they happen to have Morgan Freeman available. In the 19 projects he did that year. Well, the only thing I'll say is, first off, it Sandra Bullock is in it. America loves Sandra Bullock. And she won a fucking Academy Award for that, by the way, which is sure ridiculous. Did. did she really? Yep. Yes. Holy fuck. She won I, did, best, I did not know that. Flat out best actress of the year. Dude, that's yep. even worse. That's embarrassing. That's fucked up. But the only other thing I'll say is that... Wow. It, was a, it was a true white savior story. <laughs> like He did live with that fan... Like, so yeah, I, you know, it it's right. not that part wasn't made up, is all I'll say. But I, that movie, you're right. I'm with you on that movie overall. But back to so, Lena. It sounds like Lean on Me was a lot made up, though. So, oh, more made up. Yeah, I would say Lean, Lean on Me was probably way more, was way more made up than The Blind Side. So <laughs> I feel like the like original would have been just fine as like a well, Spike Lee joint. Like, this is just over the top late 80s madness, you know, just the way it was shot and edited. Well, you brought this one to us, Mike. What do you think? Well, Christian has to say the words. He hasn't said it. Uh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Oh, I thought I said it. it. Does not. If you were to make this film, it does not hold up. Like you can't. Okay, make there it. you go. Hey, there's a magic sure. words. No, it does not hold Finally. up. Finally, all, right. all right. Yes. Hey. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
This is a, this is a tough one. It's a real tough one because I I really was drawn into the film. I watch it by myself alone, so I didn't watch it with anybody, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. And there's a lot of moments where there there are real issues in this film that are still prevalent today. They they may have been modified or they look a little different now, but to me, I, I just did not see it as. Uh, I really got to be honest. I did not see it as cheesy or melodramatic. It just didn't come off to me that way. But now that you guys have described it that way, I, I do see it. It's not like I'm blind to it now, but that's not how I watched it. I just thought Morgan Freeman's performance was incredible. And then if you look at it as a real life event of a real guy, but it didn't go down that way all that much at all. But the way he was and some of the things that actually did happen really did happen. It's, it, it, it's just really confusing. It's I'm really confused on this one. I really admit that because, you know, to see a guy, you know, try to like <laughs> pop into like one student's home to help a mother, but like you never see that again. But, but we're supposed to assume that happened a lot. And we don't know what is going on with Joe Clark personally in terms of how we get like a hint of how he feels about being black, like you know, he he loves to be. He's a very proud black man. Oh, but yeah. like how how he feels about the community and the best way forward. It's on. Even though he shows a lot of actions, we don't. They don't give us enough explanation on what he thinks is best, other than like do what you're told and follow the rules, move forward, discipline, discipline, discipline. Even if I go to jail, I gotta go to jail. I'll follow the law. Yeah. I'm no different than you. Uh, this. So what's our best way forward here after hundreds of years of, you know, subjugation? Like, well, I, I don't have time for that in this movie. Yeah. I don't have enough time Maybe for that. Was a room at one point. We're going to do a sequel, but uh, I got fired because somebody let strippers into an assembly. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I, Morgan Freeman really, I love angry Morgan Freeman. I love intense, fired up Morgan Freeman. There's been too much made of the narrator. He's an old man now. I get that. So he's soft and cuddly and easygoing. Um, also had some... <laughs> some issues we didn't really talk about on the show maybe the last couple of years, but uh, well, we'll leave that. You guys can Google that in your own time. But damn, I just love this performance. I did, and uh, it's nostalgic, so I guess I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it holds up. It's not a. It's not a real, real, honest historical reimagining or retelling. Hell, it is quite reimagined, frankly, but it's not accurate historically. But I, I, I was entertained. I was really into it. I admit it. I guess. Uh, All right, I'm a fool. <laughs> uh, you're our fool, buddy. Come on. Clearly. So, <clears throat> yeah, again, I'd never seen this movie before. And uh, I went in expecting that poet society, something along <laughs> those lines. And uh, I watched a lot of the movie Mouth Agape. You know, just the word preposterous occurred to me multiple times. Um what the fuck is happening? I said out loud to myself more than once. I laughed at the movie at times. I was not supposed to laugh at the movie. And he didn't show his hand this whole time. Let me flail in the wind with my dick out. And now we're getting to the and he's the master. And as I said, by the end of the movie, I'm, actually emotionally invested and I'm like fuck me Do, am I wiping a tear away to lean on me I am oh, no. <laughs> no. 
the movie is absurd. I disagree with. So crying. I disagree with so much of what it's proposing as solutions or less than solutions. Uh, a lot of what's being proposed would be detrimental to people. The clumsy, like they literally have, like he's talking about how he has the hammer and the nails. There's multiple shots of him in the Christ pose. It's like not subtle. But was I entertained? Would I tell someone to watch this movie who's never seen it before? I fucking a would. I'm gonna give it. It holds up. (laughs) That was an exciting ending. Ah, oh, uh, well said, man. You said it way better than I could. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh man, that's great. <laughs> oh, well, lead on me. Yeah, yeah I had a lot of surprises. I'm glad I chose it too because it really was like, like, wow, check this movie out. <laughs> like it's, it was certainly, if it even wasn't done well, Christian. I mean, it wasn't boring. I would say, would it? Would you? That's it right there. Yeah, I mean, no, no one, no one could argue this was boring. It's I not think. boring, but. In, right. No, everything you said, we got. I just didn't get no, that I part did, out of it. In my my personal view, also, I the '80s movies just they they rub me wrong. Some of them, yeah, you know, it's not for you. And that's that's just how it, how this one started. You know, with yeah. like a lot of montages and shit. It's like, uh, so I like I, 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 I kind of went in with a little bit of attitude, and that was apparent here today. But you know, I get what you guys are saying too. But it's just. It's laughable oh. put together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already lot, he already said his mouth was agape. But yeah. And we also didn't mention that horny teenager kid. That kid was real life. I mean, there is horny teenage kids like that, or just that oh, one who's sure. always cracking jokes about and wanting to grab on everybody, or I don't know, like make jokes about being 69ing. Uh, that kid was real. That kid he was very believable. Kid. Yes, I agree. Yes, he was. Very believable as the horny teenager. Yes. All right. That's lead on me. Thank you so much. Cinnamon Eye Pod. Cinnamon Eye Pod at gmail.com. Christian joined us. That was a lot of fun. Thank hey, thanks, guys. I'm sorry to embarrass you. Oh, we had a lot of laughs on this episode. Uh, next week, go back to the top of the board. Uh, Eric is not returning yet, so I, I don't know when he's going to be back. Well, he said he originally told us that maybe he'd get out or he'd get back with us at the end of April, of May when school was getting out, but I think he needs a little more time, so... He's gonna figure it out first. Yeah, um, first I, week of June, and then he's you know wind down a week. Yeah, I actually until July. I actually podcasted with him this week because I uh, recorded an episode oh. uh, with him for oh. ninety three, ninety four. My other podcast. I know. Ooh, on what he, album he, it was? Oh, bye. He did uh, Weezer. Yeah, Blue Album. Blue album. Oh, oh shit! That's yeah, he's so the one who got that. He's the one. I held he's on to the it. One who got. I held on to it for him. Well, that should have been. A, oh, you did. Yeah. So well, that's um, yeah. hell yeah. So look forward to that. But also he said that we'll be seeing him relatively soon. It sounded like not, yeah, not next relative. week though, which makes me next in line again to, uh, to pick the movie for next week. And I thought to myself, well, we've never done a Robert Altman movie. He's, oh. uh, he's an important director that I'd like to bring on to the, to on, on board, take a look at one of his films. And there's a few of his movies that I've seen a lot more than others. One in particular because of when it came out, which is, of course, 1992's The Player. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, my God! That's so funny. I am not. I kid you not. Yeah? Uh, I wrote this down last night. That I just added to my list last night. That's so because funny. Because I was watching 
uh, Siskel and Ebert's best of 92. Oh, okay. oh full the, circle. Nice. And the player was on that That's episode. Funny. It was like top five for them. And I've always That's heard funny. about it. And they were talking about what a great satire it was. And I'm like, dude, I want to watch this movie. Oh, I love satire. I like some Robert Altman. I love Tim Robbins. So. Oh, man. I think it's, it, 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 it will pair with Swimming with Sharks, I, I imagine. Um, if you wanted to this do it, great. but uh, yeah, so the player. I don't know if I've been this excited to watch a movie for someone else in a while. This is great. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm excited too. All right, cool. So uh, that's on Max, wherever the fuck that is. Check it out and uh, come see us next week. We'll talk the player right after Deadly Get. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. You don't wash that stain off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs>